Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have attorney Justin Jacobson. Hi there, Justin. How's it going today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? It's a cloudy and rainy day over here on the East Coast in New York. All right. Well, you know, can't all, can't all have beautiful sunshine, right? <laughs> right. You know, I guess it could be worse. It could be snowing. That's true. My, uh, my parents are in Colorado and my in-laws are in Ohio. It's both snowing there, both of those places. So, Justin, why don't you go ahead and begin by telling us a little bit about yourself, just kind of get us primed on who you are. So, yeah, so I'm an entertainment and esports attorney in New York City. And, you know, I work in the music, sports, fashion, and, you know, esports scene. I represent um, DJs, producers, songwriters, professional athletes, pro gamers, teams, fashion designers, and you know, really all the different creative people. I handle a lot of their legal issues, primarily, you know, contract work, whether it's, you know, their player contracts or, you know, record contracts, publishing deals, and then, you know, copyrights and trademarks. So helping them with their brand protection, whether it's their gamer tag or their team name. And additionally, we kind of help them with you know, other business matters and legal stuff related to their careers, whether it's, you know, visa or taxes or wills and trusts and, you know, whatever they need to really be able to operate professionally and to earn an income in these, you know, entertainment fields. Fantastic. All right. There's still a lot to unpack there. And I really want to dig into as much as I possibly can. Well, I got you. Um, before I do that, though, I start every podcast with a single interview. And I'm going to ask you just the same as I ask everybody else. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Justin? Well, you know, I was looking at that one and it was like, okay, well, I don't really think I'm that weird, but I definitely work and represent a lot of weird people, you know, these creative people, whether they're musicians or just artists, you know, painters and sculptors and street artists, they're definitely out there, but, you know, I would definitely put myself on a lower scale, maybe, you know, a two or three on the weirdo meter. I love it. You're possibly the lowest person I've ever had. Okay. Well, you know, it may be debatable, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> all right. But that's your answer. You're sticking to it. All right. Okay. So um, this is the gamerpreneur. So I got I to gotta get your gaming cred. When did you first start playing video games, Justin? So I guess I've been playing, you know, video games my whole life. I, you know, had the original Nintendo and, you know, the, and Sega and, you know, Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, you know, now I have Xbox and PlayStation 4, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Gear. So, no, it's from those Game Genie days of N64 and, you know, Sega. I love it. I miss the old Game Genie. You get to hack directly into the code. Right? It was like a whole book with all the different codes, like AXXX will get you unlimited lives and, you know, this will get you unlimited bullets and it was just really way to just completely cheat every game yeah you know, kids don't they don't have it as good as we did i don't think <laughs> right they actually have to play the game all right so um what kind of games do you play at the moment so you know i'm definitely a big 2k and you know madden guy I've always been a sports game guy and i've always you know like starcraft and starcraft 2 so that's always been kind of you know my computer game of choice and you know i play this marvel game on my phone so that's you know probably where it is these days hey you know as busy as the world is if you have time to play anything on your phone you're still a gamer in my book <laughs> so um one last gaming question that i really want to get into the business side of it uh if you were you know desert island situation you only had one game that you could play the rest of your life what would it be 
I mean, it would honestly probably be 2K. You know, I just I pretty much play it every day, and I just they have a bunch. I, I assume it would be you know, I could play online mode. It, it would be a, it would be a little lonely if I just had to play the computer all the time. All right, fantastic! I love it. So uh, you a uh, longtime sports game player then, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, I did my share back in uh, in law school. Everybody seemed to want to play uh, sports games back in in law school. It was uh, you know NBA, it was Madden, it was uh, FIFA. FIFA. Yeah. But you know my my jam was uh, Gears of War back then. My okay. best friend, you get your summer off and just sit there, <laughs> just kill each other. That's right. Okay, so uh, Justin, let's get to the, to the preneur part. We're going to talk business. Can you give a, a little bit about your professional background? How did you end up where you're at? Um, so you know, I've kind of you know been born and bred in the entertainment and music world. I've you know worked at a bunch of labels and worked at MTV and you know helped manage a DJ and and from there I went to law school and linked up with my father and we've been kind of you know running the practice for the last decade and you know I've kind of really expanded it from traditionally like music and IP into sports and fashion and art so it's been really nice to kind of take it to those next levels and in the last three to four years we've really expanded into esports and professional gaming so you know representing teams and players and helping you know establish tier one players as well as you know new teams coming up in the world we also started to work with some, you know, gaming peripheral companies, helping them with their, you know, sponsorship and licensing deals. Fantastic. Okay. So I guess my question is, are esports and gaming um, influencers really all that different from any other type of influencer? No. And, you know, what's really nice is that's what kind of made an easy transition and really interested me is, you know, whether you're a model or a musician or a DJ or you know, an NFL or NBA player, you have a lot of the similar needs and legal requirements that, you know, a pro gamer or, you know, content streamer has now. You know, you need to protect your name, you need to license your logo, you may have sponsorship deals, you may have, you know, product placement and endorsements and, you know, taxes and, you know, if you're going to other countries, visa. So it's like, you're really starting to have a lot of the similar needs that these traditional entertainment and sports professionals have. Okay. Now, um, like this is still a fairly new field, isn't it? Uh, gaming and, and esports influencing. Yeah, you know, I would say that, you know, like the last three, four years, it's really kind of kicked into hyperdrive. Like, I keep saying, like, you know, the Ninja and Drake, that was like a real cornerstone game changer, especially in, you know, for the more mainstream media where like you have like, you know, one of the biggest artists in the world, Drake with, you know, one of the biggest influencers in gaming ninja and, you know, and then a professional athlete, Juju Smith, and they're just all just gaming for hours. And like, you just have hundreds of thousands of people watching them. And it's like, this is a cultural phenomenon. Like, you know what I mean? You have every outlet across, you know, music, sports, everything, gaming, reporting on it. Certainly. So I, uh, I did my own share as a uh, board member on a record label. So I'm a little bit familiar with the industry, not, not probably as much nearly as you are. Um, but it was from my experience that kind of the guys in the music industry really understood what it was they were working toward. Whereas when I speak with a, a gaming influencer, a streamer, maybe they haven't had the opportunity to speak to someone with you like you yet. They don't have a clue what it is they're supposed to be doing. They're just kind of playing games. And is that your experience as well? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, the first like two, three years have really just been explaining to people why you need me, like how I can help. And, you know, I know you kind of asking about like how you make money. It's like, you know, it's just a really budding field. And to explain to these, you know, 19, 20 year old kids like, oh, you got to pay me this much from, 
you know, one month's salary or, you know, whatever percentage of your contract, whatever it becomes. It just really, they just don't think about, you know, the value that you're bringing the expertise. And, you know, whereas everyone in the other traditional influencer entertainer spaces, they just accept it. It was like, everyone has agents, everyone has attorneys, everyone has accountants. Like that's just the way these industries have developed. And I want to talk more about that because I'm in the exact same boat as you are. I, I, obviously, I sell my own consulting services. And when I come up to streamers and gamers, you know, just generally gamers, it's as if they've never been exposed to this before. Is it, why do you think that is? Are gamers just walled off from the rest of the world? I mean, I would say, especially to get to this level, like you're just playing games. Like, you know, if you're in 17, 16 years old and you're doing this, like you're doing it after school all night, you know, all day on the weekend and like, you're just not thinking about like the same way, say, you know, your basketball player going through AAU and getting recruited by college and going to a certain high school and, you know, doing all these things. You just don't like think about the same progression. So you don't like approach it like a business. You never really have all these third parties around you saying, Oh, you're going to be great. Have these shoes, have, you know, these McDonald's coupons have, you know, this and that and whatever else it is. So it's like, you're 18 year or 19 years old you've been playing pretty much in your basement your whole time and now you have teams owned by like jerry jones and you know will ponds and you know all these mega multi-millionaires mm-hmm. coming to be like okay like you can sign us and we're going to pay you money and you're going to play video games and it's just like there's no like transition there's no like almost like a minor league growth system where like you go from level a to level b to then the pros Okay. What, um, what do you think we need to do in order to fix that? Like, is there a solution? Because, you know, I feel for these guys, they really do need services like you give. Like they, I know it, they know it, but they don't, they don't know it enough. If you know what I mean? I mean, you know, people always ask me like, how are people going to really know? Like when someone that really matters gets screwed out of a lot of money, when, you know, like a ninja or a shroud, you know, didn't read something properly and, you know, it cost them X amount and everybody knows about it. And then it's like, wow, if Ninja got screwed out of this much, what could happen to me? You know, like people start checking their contracts and be like, oh, well, like I didn't realize that this, you know, likeness rights continues forever and they could keep, you know, using my name on these mouse pads. And now I can't go to any other company and put my face on mouse pads, you know, like something where you might not realize it when you're a 19, 20 year old kid three years down the line, you can become a superstar. Fantastic. Okay. So what do you think the, like the number one thing, a new, a new up and comer needs to really be concerned about what, what's like that main issue they have? I mean, I think that, you know, how you sit kind of agree on your buyout is very important because, you know, you can probably see in the news where like, you know, if you have an extremely expensive or unrealistic buyout, you just may be, pigeonholed you know you may not be able to go to any other team team may just not drop you because why would they drop you and you just may be benched and you won't be able to go anywhere else and the way that the industry works is if you're not playing for five to six whatever months new kids come up new you know like you your career just kind of may end because there's nowhere for you to go and no one's willing to pay that kind of buyout to get you okay um 
I, I want to thank you for a moment just because you haven't said it depends yet. And every other attorney I've ever met, every answer is it depends. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about, like, talk about you a little bit. Why did you decide to focus on esports? Where did that come from? Obviously, you were already in the music world, the, other, uh, the, the real sports world. Like what, what drew you to gaming and esports? I mean, I, I'm always a, I've always been a big gamer and always loved video games. And, you know, pretty much a couple of years ago, I was just flipping through the channel and TV and I saw like E-League on TBS and these kids were playing, you know, Street Fighter for $250,000. And I was just like, whoa, like I played Street Fighter for 25 cents at the arcade like when I was little. Right. Now these kids are getting this kind of money and it's on this level at this time. Like, you know, and then I just really kind of started to explore the industry and realized as you you know mentioned there aren't really that many people that are in it and at that time there was even less so it really kind of gave me a niche to come in I started to work with some talent agents and you know working directly with the talent themselves so I really got familiar with a lot of the different teams agreements and a lot of these major organizations and then when this franchise league kind of you know this these franchise league started I was really there when it all started so I was able to work on Call of Duty franchise contracts and Overwatch franchise and Overwatch contenders agreements and really kind of start to see how these more formalized leagues that were trying to model themselves off the NFL and NBAs are approaching their contracts. And, you know, you start to see different teams and what the similarities between the contracts are. And, you know, it really just seemed like a perfect fit for me coming from, you know, music and sports to, you know, gaming and, you know, sports video games you know it's just like there was just a lot of synergy there and i felt like you know i could really excel in the space beautiful um let me ask this how important is this, the uh, entertainment law background and for my viewers that don't know there are different t types and kind of fields of law out there um specifically entertainment law because i've spoken to other attorneys and they focus more just on the contracting oh it's just a run-of-the-mill business agreement this is the entertainment law that important yeah, I mean, I even had, you know, a pretty big music publisher reach out to me because, you know, they got a license request from a game developer to use their song in their game. And they're like, we don't even know how to price it because it's not like a movie or a TV show where it's like, oh, you're using 30 seconds in the main screen. This is what we charge for the, you know, Rolling Stones. It was like, this is like a 30 second clip that was played when you hovered over a character. So it was like, what is his value? You know, what is the value of it? So he had called me to just kind of be like, like, what would you even look at? And I was like, okay, well, you have to understand that just because 20 million people play this game doesn't necessarily mean 20 million people are going to hear it. You know, some people may be in a party where they're talking to their friends. Some people may have the volume off. Some people may be playing music, you know. Mm -hmm. So you can't just say, okay, 30 million people are going to hear it, so we want $20,000. You know, like, it just doesn't correlate. So being able to really understand the way, you know, an industry works you understand what it's actually like theoretically for the contracts and actual impractical. Like, okay, it's great that you're going to do X, Y, and Z, but is this actual realistic? Is this what's going to actually happen? You know, you said from the music world, it's great to talk about, you know, reserves for CD sales, but no one's selling CDs. So like, it doesn't matter how much money you hold back from CD sales. It, it's irrelevant to the real agreement. Like, yeah, maybe great if CDs exist and you can sell them, but most people aren't making their money from the sale of CDs anymore. No, I mean, I can't say the last time I actually saw a CD for sale. <laughs> right, no new stuff at least. 
Okay, uh, let's talk about you, Justin. Like, what makes you unique? Why are why are you so well positioned in this industry? You know, I think that you know, I, I really kind of have a high sense of perseverance and really kind of understand people and kind of a very good judge of okay, like I know what people like and what they want to do, and I understand how to approach both you know the market as well as you know the talent side, and you know I think as you alluded to. You know, when we were talking before, there aren't that many people that can really interact with and understand, you know, talent side and how they think and operate like them and also understand the business and legal side and kind of act as like, yeah, like we can cool, we can hang out and play video games, but also I can take care of your contract and, you know, make sure you do the right thing in your business. So, you know, I think that that unique combination really kind of sets me apart from people. Have you had the, um, the experience of having to be both you know, the, uh, have the attorney client relationship, but also be in that place where you're playing video games. Um, well, I definitely, you know, played with a bunch of my clients, you know, like just competitively for fun. That's always fun to get used. Cause I mean, you can say something offhand and that might be considered legal advice. Yeah. You gotta be really smart when you're in a party and I just stick to basketball stuff. Like we're playing 2k. It's like, you know, let's just talk about basketball. I love it. Okay. Fantastic. Um, let me ask you, how, how do you charge? Do you do hourly or do you do a retainer? With- it really kind of depends, you know, about being that I'm, you know, run my own firm, I'm able to be a bit more flexible with each client's needs and, you know, depending on how much, you know, how long the agreement is and how much anticipated work and back and forth, you know, we're able to kind of work with people. So like usually it'd probably be either or, you know, whether it's an hourly retainer rate or, you know, a flat fee kind of project rate okay fantastic um what what is something that people okay um how is it how are agent relationships priced if you can answer that generally because i i know people ask oh how do i get an agent like let me ask you i mean i think that a lot of it is like the agent finds you and your a team is interested in you like usually the way a lot of this esports work is you know, maybe they're signed two players and they ask the two players, oh, who else do you want? Who else should we talk to? And then when a team wants you, usually then you reach out to someone like me. Like, I would say that it's rare for you, you know, an agent to find random free agent people. Like, it's more like when you're about to get signed by a team or, you know, you're an Overwatch contender and your team now qualified, you know, is doing well, then they may reach out to you because you're kind of doing well in like the minors almost. So it's like you really have to kind of be on the scene most of the time before, you know, agents kind of find you. Fantastic. That's, I appreciate that. Okay. Now let's, uh, let's talk about you again, if we can. So you've gone through this journey, uh, nearly a decade or a decade or so of legal experience. Um, you've been doing the esports gaming stuff for about three years, you said. If you could go back in time to whichever point in your past you'd want to, and, and you could give some advice to past Justin in order to like 10x everything you've done, when would you go and what would you say? I mean, I would probably go back to, you know, college and be like, get into esports earlier. Like, I think that, you know, those getting in it right from when it grew, you would have been a couple years ahead and would be positioned in the same position as, you know, some of the other people are. And, you know, I would honestly say you just got to keep doing it because you got to let the voyage happen. And, you know, wherever you are today is as a result of what happened. Beautiful. Uh, where do you think 
the law is going to go for the next five years in gaming. Do you think we're going to see more of a, a drive to create real rules around esports? Yeah, I mean, I think as you know, especially as the franchise model continues to expand, there will definitely be more talks of you know player associations and lobbies and player rights and you know how do we get some more long term stability in this? Because right now, if you're not top 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 people, you know you can get drop really easily you're not making all these crazy numbers that you're seeing you're not making all this crazy money from brands and twitch and all this stuff so you know you're really not doing as well as the industry is making it out like everyone's doing you know it's very top heavy in that regard all right uh what advice do you have for people just generally i mean just do it, <laughs> right? Like, it's, perfect. it's just like, I feel like a lot of people talk about things and like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And, you know, you can plan and you can make, you know, your moves and brainstorm, whatever, but you, sometimes you just got to do it. You just got to say, okay, I'm going to do this and you just got to do it. And, you know, this is the advice I give to anyone that wants to, you know, get into streaming and start developing that. Just do it. Like, start streaming, start consistently doing it. Find something you like. And as you do it consistently, people will gravitate towards it. And as you are passionate about it, other people will pick up on this passion. And, you know, and if you're unique and engaging and people like you, who knows what could happen? Okay. Now, um, say you're talking to a law student who kind of wants to go into your field. Where do they start? I mean, you definitely need to understand copyrights and trademarks. You know, intellectual property is really the basis of kind of the whole industry. And, you know, really try to find a way to get into it. Like, you know, whether it's working for a team or for organizations or a tournament organizer or even, you know, a publication that covers it. Like, you need to actually have experience to understand how you use Twitch, how you make money from Twitch, what donations are and tips and bits. And, you know, you really got to understand how this all works if you're going to be able to advise people how to use it properly and how to, you know, monetize and how to protect themselves while doing it. All right. Oh, you're just, you're straight to the point. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, Justin, let's pull back for a second. You know, you've told us about all the fantastic things you've done. You've, you have incredible clients. You've, you've advised some wonderful people. If I can, I'd like to humble you for a moment. If I can. Always. Okay. And I'd like to ask you, what is something that you have failed at in the past? Cause I don't want everybody to think that you're a superhero. I mean, I definitely would say I need to be more patient. You know, I would say that sometimes being a little overzealous and, you know, like, oh, little reactionary isn't always the best way to act, you know, and I know you have something I'm not very good at. I definitely have, you know, an issue with names. I definitely, like, if you have a hard name to pronounce, I'm probably going to butcher it. Like, when I was teaching this music business class, I was like, I'm sorry, students, I apologize, but, like, I'm going to butcher your names, but, like, I'll get it eventually, I promise. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, what's your ultimate goal in life? I mean, just to be hanging by the beach in Barbados. Uh, it doesn't take that much I mean, not. that. <laughs> right? No, I mean, I don't know. I guess realistically just kind of continuing to, you know, grow and position myself within the industry and, you know, be able to kind of really help the, the people that I want to help. And, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds and where we go from here. Absolutely. That's what it's really all about is helping other people. We're not helping somebody else and we're not really getting much out of life, are we? Yeah, I definitely, you know, it's another thing. I definitely am very involved in, you know, charitable stuff and, 
working with this organization to help kind of bring, you know, esports and gaming into, you know, underserviced um, schools in the area. So, you know, I definitely am very about giving back and helping people. Beautiful. Okay. So attorney Justin Jacobson, how do people find you online? What's your social media? What are your handles? Well, you know, jacobsonfirm.com is where you know, our, all articles and everything you need to know, but follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q. Same as on Instagram, you know, Justin J E S Q. And you know, my DMS are always open. So if you ever have a question or wanted to talk, I'm pretty personable guy and you know, I'm on LinkedIn. So, you know, I accept most people and, you know, I answer everyone. So, you know, feel free to reach out. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Justin. It's been a fantastic interview. Uh, before we wrap it up, is there anything else you wanted to bring up or anything I didn't ask you we need to talk about still? No, you know, I think that, you know, to kind of bring everything together that, you know, the biggest point and what I've really learned in the last couple of years is that the need for professionals and the near need for proper guidance and representation, especially in the esports world, is going to continue to grow. And, you know, I think it's important, you know, for all the gamers and people out there listening is you got to do your research. You got to know who these people are and what they're talking about. And you know, everyone can talk in generalities and say, oh, I can do sponsors and brands and this and that. But what can they do for you? Like, what can they actually offer you? Like, yeah, just because they got Superstar X, you know, Adidas doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get you Adidas or that you have any shot of getting it, you know? So it's like, I just think that people need to really understand that you have to be, you know, thorough and research who you're working with. Okay. What should they be looking for? Like what specifically? I mean, you, you got to ask questions. You really have to be like, okay, so who have you worked with? You know, talk to those people and, you know, social media is very deceiving. You know, you got to really look past follower accounts and really kind of see who they are and what they work with and what they can actually offer you. Okay. I love that. Follower accounts are deceiving and it's not hard to buy followers even legitimately. Yeah, exactly. And like, just cause you got verified doesn't necessarily mean you're any more competent than someone who's not. Perfect. Okay. Attorney Justin Jacobson, thank you so much again for coming on with us today. I, I greatly appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Gamerpreneurs, I'm going to tell you, you should go back and listen to this one again. He definitely points out some things that a few of my past guests have not. You definitely want to go and look in some of these things to, Entertainment law is a deep field. There's a lot to, to learn. Apparently, uh, Justin's willing to talk to you if you're going to re reach out to him. So, you know, take him up on that offer. And I'll remind you all, you know, don't be just a gamer. Be a gamerpreneur. Hey, if you like this podcast, I'd love to invite you to check out a little bit more about me, Dr. Bradford Carlton, Gamerpreneur. If you go to my website, www.thegamerpreneur.com slash bonus, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book, The Warcraft of Business, where I explain my history in both gaming and business and how I brought the two together in order to create some very successful companies and help a lot of people. And all you got to do is pay for shipping and processing, and I'll send you this book. I absolutely know you're going to love it. All right. You all take it easy.